When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh, yes, it is. Draymond ejected yesterday. We've got so much on the Bucks and the Celtics. We've got so much from the NFL draft, the winners and losers, and the Cardinals. It is all there. It is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. What up? What's up, big fella? Now, did Draymond get ejected before or after you got lost in the grocery store? It was a disastrous Sunday for myself <laughs> and Draymond Green. And frankly, I would say that I had it worse than he did as I spent about 25 minutes looking for something in one aisle, looking for uh, some sort of of just a, 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 one of those uh, acid reducers, an a, you know, acid reflux yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Give me a Pepsi. And it's in the one aisle. I do the grocery shopping in our family, and I'm good with that. So you should know where everything and in the grocery store is. I know where everything is. is. I make my list out according to what the aisles are. Got it. I, I am buttoned up, and I go into the, well, I'm not going to say the store, but I go into the store yesterday. And I can't find anything to save my life because I think they've moved things around and then it turns out that it's right there. <laughs> I spent 15 minutes looking at the same wall. So you Where got, is it? You got Kristoff at the grocery store. Only to find out that you were the one that made the mistake because you forgot where the damn thing was. Exactly. That's a shame, Colin. And I made sure to tweet about it complaining first. Yeah, absolutely. That's how I found out about it. I mean, you were breaking news to the entire sports world. Well, at least I updated it later and said, yeah, no, it was there. I just missed it. And I'm the guy that's supposed to forget things because I used to get hit in the head for a living. No. What's your excuse? I got hit in the head a lot when I was a kid, and it's uh, coming back. Or right you got now. dropped on your head as a baby? No, absolutely. Okay. I was the last of six, so at that point they're like, eh, "What the hell?" <laughs> it is. Kids. I can see things rounded out nicely. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Kathy and Carlin on ESPN Radio and on ESPN Plus, Sirius XM Channel 80. We are presented by Progressive Insurance, and we start with Draymond Green and the ejection yesterday that you either believe should or should not have been, and to me, there's no question that it should have been. It should have happened. We can talk all we want about this is a reputation foul, a reputation ejection for Draymond Green. It is. That's fine. You have earned that reputation because of plays like that. So I don't want to hear you complain about the fact that it's a reputation foul. You wound up. You smacked him across the face, Clark across the face, and then you grabbed his jersey, and then you tried to make it look good at the end like you were giving him a soft landing. Please, the ejection absolutely should have happened, Chris, because you can't have players pulling other players down by the shirt, by the jersey. Now, big fella, here's the thing. I didn't see the wind-up like you said. It looked like he slid over with his hand oh, straight up. Oh, he wound up the, like there was, there was, there was a on. swipe coming down. With the left hand across Brandon Clark's face, and then he grabbed him with that left arm. He grabbed the jersey, and I'm with you. I think at the end of it, Draymond realized it was going to be a bad look, and so he tried to make an attempt to hold him up. But at that point, Brandon Clark was going to face plant. Like, we knew what the end result of the play was going to be. But I'll say this. The swipe across the face, the jersey grab. If he had done one or the other, I think it falls into the territory of just being a flagrant one. But because he did both, the officials landed on it being a flagrant two. And I have no problems with them making that call 
And if they were on the fence about whether or not they made the right decision, they were absolutely justified in what they did because of how Draymond Green reacted in that moment. He acted like a lunatic, trying to hype the crowd up, running all over the place on his way out of the arena after he gets ejected. There's no need for that. So he can say it's a reputation foul, but how you react to it in the moment also plays a factor in it. It's also going to play a factor when the NBA league office reviews this and decides whether they want to downgrade this from a flagrant two, from a flagrant one. And we know that Draymond, although he didn't speak to the media, decided he was going to jump on a podcast last you night what, and air his grievances. He was trying to appeal to the league office yes. to see if he can get ahead of it. And I understand it because he doesn't want the accumulation of flagrant foul points to get to a situation where he's forced to miss a playoff game because of suspension like he did back in 2016 in the NBA Finals. So I understand what Draymond was doing. But I also understand from the rest' perspective, they made the absolute right call, and I don't think it was as much reputation as it was the egregious nature of what Draymond did. Oh, I think it was, I think it's both, but I think you earned that reputation. Here's Draymond on the Draymond Green Show at Volume Sports, uh, at the Volume Sports. This is his podcast on being ejected. This was what? He did it late last night. Yeah. I think tonight uh, was probably a reputation, a reputation thing more so than – um, a hard foul. By definition, if we go through the definition of a flagrant two foul, I'm not sure that play would quite be the definition of a flagrant foul. I'm not sure it would meet that criteria. But it meets the criteria exactly how the officials explained it because there was the swipe across the face first. Yes. He wound up like you were trying to strip sack back in the day. <laughs> and then he pulls him to the ground. And and that's why, look, he can try to control this all he wants. If he gets another flagrant two, he's going to get suspended for a game, as we know, as you just detailed. And I, I don't care that he feels like his reputation played into this. Your reputation plays into it in that, you don't get the benefit of the doubt. It's not about the fact, well, it's Draymond, well, it must be. No, 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 no. When they're looking at it, and they know who you are, and they know how Draymond is among the very best at trying to make it look good as it's happening. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's an artiste with the way he handles that sometimes, Chris. They understand what he's trying to do, so it's not reputation. It's all based in what he has done before and that's what it looks like. So you're not getting the benefit of the doubt, dude. Sorry. No, Sorry. I'm, with, I'm with you on that one, Carlin. But here's the other thing that I will say. It's not about Draymond's intent because I don't think he was trying to be malicious with the foul that he had on Brandon Clark. But I do think he wanted to keep Brandon Clark from getting that basketball up. And that's why he snatched his jersey down. Yep. It's not like his arm got caught in Brandon Clark's jersey. He actually used his hands and grabbed Brandon Clark's jersey to keep him down on the ground, not allow him to get the basketball up. And in that moment, Brandon Clark is completely defenseless. And so the NBA has a responsibility, as Kendrick Perkins pointed out this morning on Get Up, to protect all the NBA players on the court, not just the superstars. And although Draymond has a little bit of a reputation, he also has a reputation of being one of the best big big man defenders in the NBA. It's one of those where you have to defend the guys in that moment because Clark is at the mercy of whatever Draymond Green wants to do. Now, spinning this thing forward, if you're the Memphis Grizzlies, you got to be a little bit concerned about how game one played out because you're talking about Draymond Green, the linchpin to Golden State's defense, and quite frankly, the initiator of their offense, 
being out for the entire second half and you coming up with an L in game one on your own home court. A game where you shot 40% from three-point land, which was better than the Golden State Warriors, where you had more three-point makes than the Golden State Warriors. A game where Jaron Jackson Jr. and John Morant combined for 67 points, and you still lost to the Golden State Warriors. Now, I get it. At the end of that game, you had an opportunity. John Morant missed the layup. I think it was really good defense by Klay Thompson on the help side. But ultimately, you came up short in a game that you probably should have won. Look, when when Draymond goes out of the game, you have to find a way to win. The fashion in which they lost, I don't think is going to end up crushing them for a game two or crushing them in this series. You can look at it two ways. I would say that if I'm Taylor Jenkins and, and I'm the Grizzlies at this point, we had them. We had them and we let them go. And that's what happens when you do that against a championship caliber team. But we're right there with them. We are learning, but we are right there with them in terms of our abilities. And we just proved it. So look, I'm not coming out of that feeling like the Grizzlies are really going to get their confidence hurt or this is now going to turn into, we've seen so many times, the game one tough, tight loss turn into that five-game gentleman sweep. I don't see that out of yesterday. I don't feel that. I think you've got a young, energetic team that, yes, got its best games from two of its best players but still has a lot of room to grow and do other things right. And and let's be honest about one other thing, okay? The Warriors are not getting that many offensive rebounds again. I mean, this is not what they do. There was a lot of fortuitous bounces that went their way. I mean, even the Jordan Poole reverse layup on that second opportunity. I mean, for some reason, in a lot of cases in that second half, the game was just bouncing their way. Well, you can make that claim, Colin, but I would counter that with the fact that Golden State is not going to gift the Memphis Grizzlies 26 points off of turnovers. How many more games are we going to see Golden State have 18 turnovers? That's just not going to happen. How many games are we going to see them shoot 36% from three-point land? It's just not going to happen. They're a better team than that. So I'm with you on that point in terms of their overall rebounding. But the fact that they were missing that big of a presence inside in Draymond and you still couldn't take advantage of it, that, that to me is a little bit of a shocker. Golden State outscored Memphis 56-44 to with points in the paint. Yep. That means there's a lot of point-blank looks that Steph and Jordan Poole and Clay Thompson, all of those guys are getting at the ring. Gary Payton the second, who had a vicious dunk, by the way, yesterday. Oh. Unbelievable. But th- those are shots that you can't allow the Golden State Warriors to get if you plan on being able to beat them in a seven-game series. I got to be honest with you, when you're playing against a team that has championship DNA and it comes down to those fourth-quarter moments, I trust the Golden State Warriors to be able to find a way to execute a lot more than I trust the Memphis Grizzlies. Was the Draymond Green foul a flagrant and an ejection? 888-729-3776, 888-SAY-ESPN. Your chance to break through on the CC call in line. And who got... Punked, I think is the word we're looking for. That coming up in 30 seconds. With the safe return of live events, you can actually be there to catch all the action in person with vivid seats. That's right. Every alley-oop slam, every one-timer, every sideline grab can be experienced live. And with Vivid Seats Rewards, you can earn rewards like free tickets. All you have to do is collect stamps, redeem, and repeat. It's that easy. From upper level to courtside, Vivid Seats has you covered 
for all the events that matter to you. So grab your tickets today and cheer on your favorite team from the stands. Visit VividSeats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats. Life happens live. Giannis is playing the small forward for this team. You know what I'm saying? He's seven feet tall. He's described as the most dominant player in the NBA. And and there are two other dudes playing power forward and center. Comes to the elbow, step through move, goes off the glass to himself, and dunks home a two-hand power drive. Playoff basketball. Um, there's going to be a lot of runs. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN Plus. It was just a reminder yesterday from the Milwaukee Bucks that they are the champs. And it was an ugly reminder from the Celtics <laughs> that they are not playing the Brooklyn Nets anymore. And you found out just if you needed to know how soft the Nets were prior to yesterday, you really found it out yesterday because the Celtics, all we talked about in that four game sweep was beating up the Nets and being as physical as possible. They didn't quite get punked at home, but wasn't that far off from what Giannis and the Bucks did to them last night. Just out physicaling them at every single turn. Big fella, the thing that popped out to me the most is before the opening tip when they do the starting lineups and they got the pictures of all the players, I was just looking at the front court for the Bucks compared to the front court for the Celtics. You're talking about having Bobby Portis at small forward, Giannis at the four, and Brooke Lopez at the five. I mean, you've got three guys there that are 6'10 plus. Going up against the Celtics front line, Jason Tatum, who goes about 6'7", Al Horford, who goes about 6'9", and Robert Williams, who's 6'11". I mean, there is a clear size advantage that Milwaukee has in this series, and they absolutely took advantage of it, especially on the defensive end. Those guys packed it in and forced guys from Boston to take shots from the perimeter. I mean, when you look at the stat sheet and see Peyton Pritchard going 2 of 8 from three-point land, that's exactly what you're looking for if you're Coach Bud. We want that guy to try to outshoot us and beat us from the perimeter. We want Marcus Smart to go one for six from three-point land. We'll live with that. That's why you saw the Celtics take 53-pointers, which is a franchise record in the playoffs. It's absolutely laughable. They shot 33% from the field and 36% from three. That's the game plan for the Bucs. We're going to lean on Giannis. We're going to lean on our defense to create opportunities for us offensively. And when we don't have those opportunities for transition points, we're going to trust that Giannis is capable of being able to make the plays, make the right passes when he gets double teamed, and the guys are going to be able to knock down shots. And that's exactly how yesterday's game played out. I was surprised that the Celtics were caught off guard with the level of intensity and the level of physicality that the reigning defending champs oh. rolled in the TD oh, Garden I with. I don't, I, don't, I don't know how you get surprised by that when you're going up against the best player in the world. It wasn't a hangover. I heard Wendy call it that this morning, but it was certainly getting smacked in the mouth like, hey, you're not not playing the Nets anymore because I do feel like they might have been feeling it a little bit, reading the clippings about how physical they were because that wasn't it yesterday. And and you know what, Chris, it felt like one of those things where it happened early and they just never recovered from it in the game where they were getting pushed around and punked early, and they weren't able to recover from it. Now, I, a couple of things. Number one, Giannis is the best player on the planet. Yep. And this is coming from somebody that last year, early in the playoffs, the, I used the word unimpressed because I, I felt like there were so many different 
weaknesses in his game. Maybe I was getting on him too much about the free throw shooting. Whatever it was, I didn't feel like there was enough there quite yet, and it obviously got better as the postseason went along, so I was dead wrong. But what I have seen this year is that Giannis has attacked his weaknesses. It's just it's what you love about the guys who want to be great. Attack every aspect of their weaknesses. You mentioned the passing out of the double teams. Yep. I mean, he's he does that exceptionally well. Defending. Chris, he did not have his A-plus game all day yesterday offensively, but he was doing everything else to ensure that his team was going to win that game and was continuing to dominate that game. No question about it, and I'm glad you brought that up because he didn't have an A-plus game and he didn't drop 40 or 50 points. To Giannis's credit and to his maturity level, he didn't feel like he had to do that with no Chris Middleton going up against the two-seed in the Eastern Conference. He realizes that he has to be intentional about getting his teammates involved, Carlin. 12 assists. The guy had seven assists at halftime. He was flirting with a triple-double. I think he had 12, 7, and 7 going into halftime. It just shows you that he realizes that he can impact the game beyond scoring. In seven of his 12 assists, Carlin, they were for three-point makes. So you're talking about Giannis accounting for 31 points for the Bucks just by passing to go along with his 24 points. And, oh, by the way, you're talking about a guy that missed 16 shots from the field, missed five shots from the free throw line, and had five turnovers. And yet I still think he played a good if game. If you told the Celtics all of that before the game yesterday, they would have said we're winning by 15. But I'm going to tell you what the Celtics didn't account for. Drew Holiday in the second oh, half. Oh, absolutely not. You're talking, about a, you're talking about a guy that scored 17 of his 25 points in the second half, and he was the one to thwart that run that the Boston Celtics tried to have coming out of the halftime. He was the one that was able to knock down big shots, and Coach Bud talked about it. Maybe Drew Holiday might be in a little bit of a slump in terms of shooting, but I trust them to make it when they matter most. And that's exactly what we saw from Drew Holiday in round this one. This is why I did, not lose the, I did not lose faith in the Bucks based on Middleton. Uh, and, and Middleton's a terrific player, don't get me wrong. Yep. But they do have a lot of other guys that have learned to step up, and a guy like Holiday is a really, really good player. He's not just role. He's a really good player. He's a winning he's player, Carl. He's a winning player. Yes. You know what I'm saying? It's, yes. not, it's not flashy. It's not sexy. Put it this but way. It gets I'm, not the job about done. Drew, I'm not worried about Drew Holiday showing up on the road. No. He's showing up. No. You know, maybe Bobby Portis isn't going to knock down some shots on the road, but he's showing up. And, and, it, and oh, by the way, Bobby Portis did knock down some shots on the road. Yeah, it happens. 888-SAY-ESPN. <laughs> Let's hit Bob in California up first today. Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Bob, what do you got, bud? Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Go. Yeah, I was just calling about the Draymond Green uh, situation with his flagrant. What do you think? And I heard the podcast, and I saw what he was doing after the flagrant. And uh, if, as a Warriors fan, if I was sitting with him on the couch last night as his best buddy, I would have said not only was that a flagrant two, it might have been what the definition of a flagrant three would be. Well, and then when I saw him celebrating after, I was a little bit surprised. I thought they let him off. It was, I'd left him. It, it was trying to make a, a big show out of it, and thanks for the call, about the fact that he was getting thrown out of the game. It's not a flagrant three if there was such a thing. There wasn't any part of me that thought he's going to get suspended for another game based off of it, but the ejection was warranted in every way. No, it was, and you're talking about him having another flagrant two already this postseason. So, as you can imagine, 
those fouls add up, those points add up, and ultimately they could lead to Draymond potentially being suspended uh, for a game according to the NBA's policy. So that's the one thing that we have to watch for as we move through the playoffs because these games start to matter more and more the closer you get to the championship rounds. And you would think that an experienced player like Draymond would know better in a situation like that because I'd much rather give up the deuce than talking about Draymond adding on to his flagrant foul point total. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN Plus on your smart speaker at Play ESPN Radio Network. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Hit us up on Twitter at Chris Carlin, at Chris Canty 99. Let's go. It's a big, big day full of sports talk that we have got to get to over the next few hours. Up next, did one team over the weekend at the NFL draft actually win their division? That's right. We'll hit it next. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Congratulations to the Kansas City Chiefs, winners of the AFC West in 2022. <laughs> you going to already crown them, huh? Nah. What did Denny Green say? You want to crown them, then crown them. <laughs> That's what you're doing with Kansas City? 
Not quite. Not quite? Yes. Maybe a little hyperbole on my part. I don't know if it's hyperbole on my part. I mean, they got this thing six years running. Why not assign them a seven straight year winning the division? Cantia Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on Sirius XM Channel 80, ESPN Plus as well. Join the conversation on the CC call-in line, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Let's hit some uh, straight talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Man, I love what the Chiefs did this weekend. Uh, oh, I absolutely love it. They got themselves a corner. They got themselves a pass rusher that I really like. And George Karlaftis at Purdue and like getting him at the end of the first round. And then they went and got Sky Moore, who basically has been compared to the closest thing to Tyreek Hill that this draft had to offer. And even Leo Chanel later on from Wisconsin is a really good linebacker. Like he's a smart Kansas City type linebacker. I I, I love, love, love what they did this weekend. No, I do too. And Carlin, I know a lot of people are going to focus on George Karloftis and Trent McDuffie, and as they should, they're two first-round picks. But I love the fact that Kansas City used five draft picks in their secondary because if we look at the areas that they need to improve on on this team, I get it. You had a huge hole at wide receiver once you traded Tyreek Hill, but you had a bigger hole in your secondary with Tyron Matthew being a free agent. And the fact that they decided to sign Justin Houston over from Justin Reed from Houston and then go out and draft Trent McDuffie, and then, oh, by the way, Brian Cook in the second round, the safety out of Cincinnati, and then use three other picks on secondary players, I think that's a good sign in terms of Brett Veach having awareness on where his team needs more playmaking. Listen, all I can tell you is I did that game on ESPN Radio, Kansas City and Cincinnati in Week 17. You mean that track meet? Yeah. (laughs) It was 10 for 260 for Jamar Chase in that game and three touchdowns. Yeah. They needed corners. Yeah, no doubt. (laughs) Nobody, listen, you're not necessarily going to stop Jamar Chase, but at the same time, like games like that, the Chiefs just cannot afford to have because there are good enough defenses around that are going to make enough plays where Patrick Mahomes is not going to be able to outscore you every single time out on the field. He's going to do it a lot. But he's not going to do it every single time. I don't need this defense, Chris, to be a top-level defense. I need it to be representative of a team with a very good offense that just needs some stops in some big situations. Well, they can't be 27th in total defense. No, And they no. can't have games like we saw in the divisional round against the Buffalo Bills. And I get it. They came out on the winning side of it. But you asked Pat Mahomes and that offense to move heaven and earth. And that offense, let's face it, is going to look different with no Tyreek Hill. So you need your defense to carry their end of the bargain going into 2022. Just get me to the the middle of the pack. Well, well, here's the thing. I don't even know if that's enough, Carlin, because your division is not middle of the pack. Every team in this division has an explosive offense, every single one of them. So your defense had to have a step up in talent level because there's going to be a step up in class in terms of what they're going against in their own division. You got Justin Herbert twice a year. You got Russell Wilson twice a year. Devontae Adams with Derek Carr twice a year. That's not going to be easy. So you needed to upgrade the back end of your defense. And then, oh, by the way, you added George Karloftis, who I think is a really good player. Carlin, he's more than just a try-hard white guy, which is what a lot of people try to frame him as. Yeah, they they haven't seen him play. This is not just a motor guy. This is a guy that is a highly productive player. And I'm sorry, it feels like he's a Ryan Kerrigan clone. And I know that Ryan Kerrigan might not be a sexy name, 
But Ryan Kerrigan has 95 and a half sacks in the NFL. He is a He's damn a damn productive good football player. player. And if Brett Veach and Andy Reid get Ryan Kerrigan out of George Karloftis, that'll fit in very nicely with Frank Clark and Chris Jones and Derek Nandi. So I love what the Kansas City Chiefs did, so much so that I'm ready to call them the AFC West Division champs. I know that a lot of people are going to go with other teams. They're going to go with the Chargers. They're going to go with the Broncos now they've got Russell Wilson. But you've been all over the Broncos. You've been all over And I love the Broncos. I think the Broncos are the primary challenger for the Kansas City Chiefs, but I still like what Kansas City is bringing to the table, and I, I still trust Andy Reid more than I trust any other head coach in that division. So right now, the Chiefs... At plus 155 to win the division as the favorites. That's a healthy favorite. The Chargers at plus 240. Okay? Mm -hmm. The Broncos at plus 260. And then the Raiders at plus 700. I don't care how you slice it. The Raiders, the way they are, are going to make this from top to bottom the best division in football. And frankly... Just the most fun to watch. You will see, I'm predicting when we get the schedule here in about 10 days, you will see an awful lot of as many primetime AFC West divisional games as you can squeeze in. No doubt. I think you'll see a ton of them. No doubt. Because the Raiders, even with Devontae Adams, they're going to be fun to watch, if nothing else. No doubt about it. And I love what the Raiders did, adding Josh Jacobs. And, no, well, they had Josh Jacobs, but adding Zamir White to Josh Jacobs. Yeah. I mean, if people didn't watch Zamir White down at Georgia, you're talking about a guy that is an absolute sledgehammer. That was a two-headed monster, but that doesn't mean either one of them is, not, either one of them is very, very good. The other yeah, one James went to the Cook, Bills. James Cook. Yep. Yeah, yeah, Dalvin Cook's little brother. But yep. I mean, Zamir White was more the guy He's that a bulldozer. was— He was the bringing the thump yeah. in that, in that one-two combo down in Georgia, and I could absolutely see him playing that role with Josh Jacobs. So those two being able to be that physical presence for that offense, and then you've got Darren Waller and Devontae Adams, so— I mean, like you said, doesn't matter what offense you look at in this division, they're all high-powered, and they all can put up points in bunches. So it's going to be a fun division race to watch. But I just like the way that Brett Veach went about addressing his needs. He did add a wide receiver in the second round. They got Sky Moore out of Western Michigan. He's a guy that a lot of people think is a talented player, a guy Mel that could have snuck in round one. Yeah. But, I, I mean, they were honest with themselves with the realization that you can't replace Tyreek Hill with one draft pick. They signed MVS. They signed Juju Smith-Schuster. We went out and we got Sky Moore. We're going to do it by committee with all of these guys. We still got Miko Hardman. We still got Travis Kelsey. We still got guys that can make plays in the passing game. But we're going to have to be more methodical in how we approach our offensive game planning. But we're also going to have to have our defense step up in a bigger way. And I think that's what Brett Veach committed to going into this draft weekend. So did the Chiefs do enough this weekend to maintain their stranglehold on the AFC West? 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. This has been Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. On the flip side, there's one other division that might have been won this weekend. That's right. I'm not going to tell you who it is because it's a tease. <laughs> but no joke, one team firmly, firmly grabbed control of their division. 888-SAY-ESPN. It's next. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio and ESPN+. Plus.
Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. weekend you saw two teams in major league baseball that have established themselves so far as the best teams in the game and they're from the same city the yankees and the mets each have the best record in their respective leagues right now the mets have won seven straight series the yankees have won nine games in a row so chris canty i ask you this who has been more impressive through the first month of the season I think you have to go with the Mets, right? As painful as it is as a Yankees fan to admit it, I also recognize that my team is streaking. We've won nine straight games, and it looked a little uneven in terms of their offensive production early on because you're talking about them starting the season at 7-6 and six, and now them being 16-6. and six. They've got the second-best uh, second ERA behind the Dodgers, mm-hmm. pitching staff ERA, and they're tied with the Blue Jays for the most home runs in baseball. I don't know that that's something that's going to be sustainable for this outfit. Whereas I look at the Mets, and we know what we're going to get from them. They're going to have solid pitching. I mean, they're going to be anchored by Max Scherzer, even though he had an uneven night last night, giving up four bombs to that Phillies lineup, two to Kyle Schwarber. But I still trust in what Max Max Scherzer brings to the table to anchor them. Tyler McGill has been a pleasant surprise. And then Chris Bassett was an outstanding addition in free agency this offseason. When they get Jacob DeGrom back, I mean, look out. This team is going to be something to watch in terms of them being able to hold opposing offenses down. And then the Mets are just so much better in the field in terms of them being able to save runs for their pitchers, yeah. being able to stop guys from going to you know going to third base, setting up in scoring position, those types of things. And then you look at their offense. I think one of the biggest differences in their offense this year has been the approach of Jeff McNeil. 
He's gone away from trying to be a guy that's hitting the ball over the fence. Yep. He's gone back to the slap hitter kind of guy that we saw a couple of years ago when he was driving in, you know, 80, 90 runs. And I think that's who the Mets need him to be in order for them to be the best version of themselves offensively. I am not 100% closing the door or or um, convinced on the, the Cole struggles. He's had two very good starts in a row after his – uh, really bad start to the season. His ERA has dropped now down to three. Mm-hmm. Uh, concerns are still there, but at the same time, I mean, Judge is now just ripping the cover off the ball. Has no, uh, has shown no issues with you know being a little nervous in a contract year or anything like that. It's hard to argue with what the Yankees are doing so far. But as far as the team that has the better chance to keep it up. I'm kind of siding with the Mets right now. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. Massive trade by the Tennessee Titans at the draft that really enhanced the Philadelphia Eagles. We'll get to that in 60 seconds. First, let's hit a call. Bronco Dano in South Dakota up next on ESPN Radio. You're on Canty and Carlin. What's up, Bronco Dano? Hey, not only did the Broncos bridge the gap, they actually went over it now, and here's why. We just got a wicked draft. We got the third-ranked linebacker from Oklahoma. We got the fifth-rated tight end from UCLA, the fifth-rated center from Washington Huskies, the 12th-rated quarterback, who I really like, Demir uh, Mathis from Pittsburgh, and then we got the 12th-rated defensive tackle, this monster 6'6", 326 out of um, Iowa State Cyclones. And and here's and here's another reason why. Obviously, we got Russell Wilson. He's the number one rated quarterback over the past two years. But the main reason we had the third ranked scoring defense last year in the NFL. And if we would have had a decent quarterback last year, we would have went all the way. But we Let me got- get the cold water out and pour it <laughs> on for you. Okay, we did. You did not exactly go down the draft list and convince me that you all of a sudden have killed it in this draft when you say we got the third best, we got the fifth best, we got the ninth best, we got the eighth best. No, no, no. There's nothing about the draft with the Broncos that jumps off the page to me. And and it's not just because there's some names that you don't recognize. The Broncos are in a much better position simply because of Russell Wilson right now and what he helps make some of those other guys. No doubt about it. And that's the thing that you're excited the most about if you're a Broncos fan. You had to watch the first round and know that our first round pick this year and next year is Russell Wilson. That's what it is. And we got to be excited about it because this guy actually gives us a chance to take advantage of a championship caliber defense. Now, what I will say is I like their second round pick, Nick Benito out of Oklahoma. Yeah. I mean, PFF had him graded as the best off the ball pass rushing linebacker in terms of win rate. So you got to like a guy from the second level being able to blitz and add on to a rush that features Randy Gregory and Bradley Chubb. So I like that. I like Greg Dolchitz, the tight end that they got out of UCLA. I think he's going to be somebody that can help offset the loss in production from Noah Fan. Yep. And so those guys are positions of need for the Broncos, and they did a good job addressing them early on with the draft capital that they had. Let's hit Jack in Alaska next on ESPN Radio. Jack, you happy with what the Chiefs did? Yeah, I am. I, by the way, good afternoon, fellas. I am. You know, I'm not going to – uh, count our eggs before they hatch on this draft thing because, you know, we didn't see people like Mahomes. He wasn't talked about before we picked him up. The guys that they do talk about, they don't usually work out. I'm going to I'm gonna wait and give it a while, but in Beach we trust. 
Uh, I was more concerned about our defense than I was losing Tyreek Hill. Longtime Chiefs fan from Steve DeBerg back to Dave Craig. It's been painful. But the thing that does concern me is the way Mahomes almost regressed last year, getting out of the pocket too quickly. You know, he had talked about for so long that he wanted to be a pocket passer, uh, be calm and all of that. And he was just exiting the pocket too. Yeah, too I, but I can't use the word regressed with Patrick Mahomes. I agree. I can't I use that word. That's a strong word and it doesn't fit. If you want to say he wasn't everything that he can be last year, I'll buy it. But how much of that was off? 10%? Yeah, I, yeah. well, here's the thing. People got to remember, they struggled early on because they couldn't figure out an answer to teams playing two shell coverages, which is cover two. Having two deep safeties, usually the answer for offenses is to run the football, but the Chiefs couldn't run the football. They couldn't get any movement at the point of attack. I want to say they finished 16th in, in, uh, in overall rushing last year, so that's something that they've got to get better at. But you saw, as the season went on, Pat Mahomes and that offense was able to figure that thing out. Andy Reid, they MacGyvered that thing, and they got rolling once they got to the playoffs. So don't say that Pat Mahomes regressed. I no. think there was a little bit of a learning no. curve in terms of adjusting to the adjustments that opposing defenses and defensive coordinators were making when they played the Kansas City Chiefs offense. Canty and Carlin brought to you by ESPN, or on ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who switch and save with Progressive save over $700 on average. The other team that won their division this weekend, try to tell me otherwise, especially Cowboys fans, because you can't. I think the Eagles absolutely won the division this weekend by getting A.J. Brown. And the fact that they got, you know, Jordan Davis, I was kind of like, okay, I get it, middle of the defensive line. And then later, Chris, they they brought in N'Kobe Dean, who might be (laughs) a little bit undersized, but at the same time, when guys are tied up up front, that dude is going to go and make plays. I, I love everything about the Eagles draft, Carlin. Even the little nuance of it, which is making sure they have draft capital next year yeah. if they need to move up because they're not sold on Jalen Hurts as their starting quarterback. But the guys that they got, Jordan Davis, I mean, that's a home run pick. Fletcher Cox is getting toward the end of this thing. There's, you know, He's looking at his football mortality. He's on the back nine. So you got Jordan Davis to pair with Javon Hargrave for the foreseeable future. Carlin, that's 700 pounds of man in the middle of your defense. Yeah. You mean to tell me those two guys can't take up the guard center guard trio on most offensive lines? Of course they can. And then you added a run and hit linebacker in the Kobe Dean. The one thing that we were worried about is him getting swallowed up by NFL linemen. You ain't got to worry about that with Jordan Davis and Hargrove in front of him. So I love the Eagles draft. And for me, They've got to be viewed as the favorites to win the NFC East. It's hard to see otherwise. Howie Roseman does it again.